Thanks for tuning in to Freedom House Podcast. We're always encouraged to know God is working through this church as we change our world one life at a time. We'd love to stay connected with you by following us on social media at Freedom House OC, as well as our YouTube channel. Let's listen in on today's message. Genesis chapter 15, we're going to begin at verse 1. I want to read you just about six verses on this great Vision Sunday. The title of the message is Faith, a New Perspective. Faith, a New Perspective. Here we go. I'm reading a New Living Translation. It says this, sometime later. Somebody say, sometime later. Say it louder. Say, sometime later. The Lord spoke to Abram in a vision and said, do not be afraid, Abram, for I, am, I, for I will protect you and your reward will be great. But Abram replied, oh, sovereign Lord, what good are all these blessings when I don't even have a son? Since you've given me no children, Eliezer of Damascus, a servant in my household, will inherit all my wealth. You have, no, you have given me no descendants of my own, so one of my servants will be my heir. Verse 4, then the Lord said to him, no, your servant will not be your heir, for you will have a son of your own who will be your heir. Then the Lord took Abram outside. Somebody say, outside. Come on, say it louder. Say, outside. Look at your neighbor. Say, neighbor, you need to go outside. Look at your neighbor. Say, neighbor. You look like you've been outside. Don't, don't tell them that. Don't, don't tell them that. <laughs> then the Lord took Abram outside and said to him, look up. Somebody say, look up. Come on, all campuses. When you say it, I want you all to look up. Ready? Say, look up. Look up to the sky and count the stars if you can. That's how many descendants you will have. And Abram believed the Lord, and the Lord counted him as righteous. Come on, because of his faith. Father, thank you for your word. Speak to all of us in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. 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 I, I, I want to talk to you about faith and, and really about a new perspective. The reason why I want to just start this message off with perspective is because that's how you live your life. Uh, perspective, what is that, Benny Perez? What is perspective? Well, many of us know it, but for the sake of some that may not quite understand it, perspective very simply is this, is how you view life. How do you view circumstances, situations? And perspective is very powerful because two people could be looking at the same thing and yet see something totally different. Like I was observing people, you know, worshiping at the Florentine campus and maybe at the uh, 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 Costa Mesa campus, and I see it all the time, even in my church, a man, young man, is raising his hands, worshiping, and he's glancing around the auditorium. He sees a cute girl on the other side, looks at her left you know, hand as she goes up. There's no ring on there. He's saying, praise the Lord. His perspective is she's the one. She, cl she glances and catches his eye looking at her eye, and she says, oh, Lord, let him not be the one. How many know there's two different perspectives, <laughs> Right? And perspective is very interesting because you don't see things as they are. You see things as you are, how you really are. In fact, depending upon how you are right now determines how you see something right now. If you've had a good week, everything looks pretty good. If you've had a bad week, everything looks pretty bad. It's all about perspective. Let me tell you, like if you're an Oakland Raider fan, let me just talk to you just for a second. You still cheer for a team that has done nothing. Somebody say amen to me right now. Now you say, I can't believe you said that. Well, my perspective is, 
is that when you go to the playoffs and you haven't been there for a while and you actually win some games, my perspective is, is that that's when you should really cheer. Your perspective as an Oakland Raider fan is you don't care if they're good, if they're bad, you're just a fan for life. Come on, somebody say amen. That's perspective. Some of us have the right perspective. I'm a Ram fan. I'm a Dodger fan. Come on, somebody. And somebody quit telling me L.A. Angels. They're in Anaheim. That's my perspective. Because you see things, watch, not watch me as they are, but as you are. It's important because if you don't understand your life as a follower of Jesus, then you're going to view your life through the wrong set of eyes. Because we are born with really one set of eyes, but when you're born again, you inherit another set of eyes. You have eyes in your head, right? These eyes, right? Ojos, habla espanol. See? That's all that I know. Right? Your eyes, these are eyes, and these are natural eyes. I see things naturally. I see things based on what I touch, feel, sense, see. It's all on my natural uh, uh, senses. It's my, it's my eyes. It's, it's what, what I perceive in my own humanity, and those are okay. But when you become born again, you have another set of eyes. In Ephesians 1.18, it says this. Paul says, I pray that the eyes of your heart would be enlightened. You have a new set of eyes, spiritual eyes, so you could see something that looks impossible, but then you say, with God, all things are possible. I have another set of eyes so that I could begin to see in the spirit. I could begin to see what Pastor Josiah and Pastor Marie is talking about as they begin to cast vision. They're not casting vision, watch, with the eyes in their head, but the eyes of their heart. Aren't you grateful for some pastors that don't want to just settle, but want to believe God? Come on, somebody, for more and more and more and more people so we can say freedom lives here. It's a terrible life to live when you all, all your life is revolved about what you can see and what you can understand. Well, I don't understand it. I don't understand it. Orale, that's fine. You don't have to understand everything. You just have to learn how to trust in a God that can handle everything. I, I don't know. Why did God call me? Why did God call a guy from Pico Rivera, California? My parents still live there, and I go. And, and it, it's kind of a nice place to live, but I don't want to live there no more. Just me. Why would God call a, a, a guy named Benny Perez from Pico Rivera, California, and say, I'm calling you to be a preacher? Why would he call me when in high school, at Winter Christian High School, I was a wallflower. I wasn't that outgoing. I'm an introvert by nature. I don't have much confidence by nature. Why would God call me? Because he called me to do something that he knew that I needed him to accomplish what he called me to do. I pray God gives us such a big vision at Freedom House, that we got to look up towards heaven and say, God, we cannot do this without you. The question must be asked because people say, well, aren't we big enough? And, and, and you know what I mean? Really? And so my question to you is when do we stop reaching people? 
When, when your mom gets saved, then we stop, or your dad, or your brother, or your uncle, or your cousin, or your friend. I mean, come on, Pastor. When do we stop? We're not going to stop until everybody in Orange County has an opportunity to say yes to Jesus Christ. I feel something. I'm going to rip the place apart right now because I feel this. Because we are on the verge of something so miraculous. You say, we have seen so, so much miraculous stuff. I know what you've seen, but that's the rearview mirror. Have you ever stopped to think that the rearview mirror is smaller than the windshield? Because you were meant to live life and drive. But some of us, our perspectives get shifted some of us lose the right perspective because your perspective is shaped by three things. By your experiences, your environments, and your expectations. Your experiences, your environments, and your expectations. That shapes your perspective. Some of us, we've been in kind of rough environments. You grew up in kind of a difficult situation. I used to get mad at people because they were negative and critical and then I begin to realize the reason why they're negative and critical is because they grew up in a family. Come on, that was negative and critical. You meet their mom and dad, mm, got it. Right? Come on, don't. I'm not shaming anybody. I'm just saying. You meet people, they're very positive and stuff like that. Meet their mom and dad, Ooh, got it. Why? Because the environment they grew up in. I grew up with a mom and my dad that would have the audacity to tell me, you just said, don't listen to all those people. Don't listen because they're putting you down because of your skin color. Don't listen to those people that tell you you can't do this or you can't do that or this is what you're going to do. You know what, Benny? You could do whatever God wants you to do. You could change the world. You can do whatever God has for you. Don't listen to people that are going to try and limit you. Am I talking to anybody right now at Freedom House Church? Your experiences, your expectations, right? Your environments, your environments. I, I love, I don't know, maybe this is just weird, but I love to go to the mall. Anybody like to go to the mall? Come on. Okay, a bunch of women. Any men? You want to get a woman? Raise your hand right now in Jesus' name. If I was a single guy here, I would have stood up, raised both hands, and shouted, oh, glory! That's what I would have done. So let me see. Uh, anybody like going to the mall? Anybody like going to the mall? Okay, I tried to give a man a chance, and he didn't do it. Somebody shouted at Costa Mesa, I'm a prophet. I saw him right now in Jesus' name. But I like going to the mall. Anybody like going to the mall? I like going to the mall. Now, the reason why I like going to the mall is, is yeah, I kind of like to shop because I married a shopper, so I got to like what my wife likes, right? Because then she does what I like, and that's what UFC last night together, praise the Lord. <laughs> yeah, what a fight between those two women. Ooh, Jesus. Wow. Anyway. I like to sit and I actually like to watch people. Any people watchers in the house? Any people watchers? Come on, you like it. I see you at Disney. So I always like to make up stories about people. Like they're walking in the mall like, oh, uh, Wendy, let's make up a crazy story about that couple over there, you know? And then you see this couple and it's like, how did he get her? Come on, wave at me if you know what I'm talking about. It's like, it's like, it's like, and the only conclusion I could have is he's got money. <laughs> he's got money. He's got, especially if it's Vegas. Ooh, 40 years difference. He's got money, right? So I just, I just like to watch people. Now this is being very vulnerable and authentic and, and real because that's all. 
it's true. I actually like to watch how people walk. I think how people walk tells you something about them. It's just crazy. In fact, we were at uh, Whole Foods um, over there in, uh, in, in Fashion Island uh, the other day. And, and this lady in his business suit got out of her car and she started walking. <laughs> I was like, ooh, she must own the place. You know what I'm talking about. I was like, and so my wife's into watching people walk. This is a true story. This is so funny because I saw this one guy. He was rather a large guy. And he was walking like a duck. It's kind of funny, right? I mean, this massive guy walking like a duck. Ha, ha, ha. Look at Whitney. He's walking like a duck. And, and, then, and then the mom gets out of the car. She's walking like a duck. <laughs> Three kids. They're all walking like ducks. No, why, why is it? It's because they're in an environment of observation and what you look at all the time you become. Wow, that's so good. Perspective. Now, when we go back to the Bible in Genesis 15, we have a guy named Abram. Abram, if we know the story, which a lot of you don't, and I hope a lot more people come to Freedom House that don't know the story, that means you're just coming to church for the very first time. That's what we like, Right? But in Genesis chapter 12, this God comes to this guy named Abram and says, I want you to leave your family, your household, everything, and go to a place that I will show you. The Bible says that he leaves now in Genesis chapter 12 and in Genesis chapter 13 and 14. Now we get to 15, and there's been, some scholars say, at least 10 to 15, possibly 20 years between when God has spoken to him, the promise, and now the promise still has not come to pass. It is the prolonged promise. Sometimes we're not careful, we will look at prolonged promises, not as delay, but as denial. Be careful that you don't answer a question that you have given God yourself. Because God, watch me now, oftentimes works like a crock pot, not a micro, not microwave. We are microwave people. Now, I want to see, how many remember when you had to actually do popcorn the old-fashioned way? Can I see your hand? Come on, wave your hand, everybody. What did you have to do? You had to get a pot. And you, what did you put in it? Oil. And you got a bag, a plastic bag of kernels and put it in there. You had to wait till it kind of like heated up. You had the little lid on there. And my mama always said, don't lift the lid, right? And when it starts popping, and man, you, start, you have to shake it. And listen, that's the old-fashioned way. I see people being so impatient, standing in front of the microwave that has a button that says what? Popcorn. Like, hurry up, hurry up. I mean, why is it taking so long? But Naya, when I was growing up, it was 10 minutes. It's a minute and 50 seconds. Chill out. And all the parents said, amen, right? So what happens is, is that Abram now, in Genesis 15, he has these prolonged promises. He's a little upset. He's a little bit kind of perturbed. He's on the edge because it said this, after some time later, some time later. That's where he pick it up in Genesis 15, and now his perspective is a little different, is a little off, and what does God do? God shows up and says, Abram, I am your exceedingly great reward. I am your protector. What does God do? God wants to say to Abram, Abram, let me just make sure you understand this. If you've got me, you've got everything. If you've got me, if we got Jesus, then we got everything. 
My wife preaches a great message. In her message, she says, she says, Jesus plus nothing, come on, equals everything. I'm not against the blessing of God. I'm not against believing for great things. I'm not against all that. But we have to make sure we don't get caught up in the blessing that we forget about the blessor. That, listen, some of us need to remember where we were before we knew Jesus. Some of us need to remember we were crack addicts, alcoholics, we were lost, we were depressed, we were in darkness, we were away from God, we were going to commit suicide, we were a God. But aren't you grateful? I'm grateful that Jesus came and found me, and now he has given me, come on, somebody, new life, and I need to give him praise out of my lungs because I was doing that with my lungs. Now I'm going to praise God with my lungs. I remember where God found me. Somebody say, I found God. God wasn't lost. People trip out. I found God. God, will you really? You found an all-knowing God. Maybe God found you because we were the lost ones. So what happens? God comes and says, listen, I am your great reward. Let's make it, let's make it clear. Abram, you got me. I got you. I just want to be in relationship with you. It's all good, Abram. You know, I'm married and I have three kids. <laughs> and God's blessed me and it's all good. But I'm telling you what, listen. All the blessings doesn't matter if my family isn't right. I would trade in everything if one of my kids went crazy. I would trade it all in. Listen to me. You've got to understand the right priority in your life. The priority is I have God. Jesus is number one in my life. Thank you, Jesus, for all that you're doing in my life. But God, I got you. You know, the older I get, the more I recognize this to be true. Some people don't like to say their age. I, I don't mind saying my age, 38. <laughs> Plus a few years. <laughs> I'm 55. And the older I get, the more I realize I shouldn't wear skinny jeans like this at my age. <laughs> I mean, no, no, that's not what I meant. That's not what I meant. <laughs> Laugh, sir. That was funny. The more I realize that things come and go, but Jesus is with me. Come on, somebody, for a lifetime. I don't know about you, but I, can you give God a five-second praise break right now and put your hands together right now? Because Jesus is our exceedingly great reward. So what happens is, is that God shows up in Genesis 15, 15 years later. He shows up, and it's implicit in the text that Abram is actually in a tent. How do we know that? Because later on in the few verses, it says that God brought him outside. So now Abram is in a tent. And Abram is in a tent. And he's having this conversation with God. And this is what he says. He says, you know, look, God. Look, God. Now, let me just say something about God. God doesn't need you to tell him what to look at. He really knows. Look, God. I don't, look at the situation. Look, God. She's crazy. He's crazy. And then he says, well, you chose him. 
You didn't ask me, but we'll work it out now. <laughs> Have you ever prayed a prayer like this? Like, God, here's what we do. Just, I just feel a little freedom right now <laughs> because I'm in Freedom House Church. But, but I was with some of us, we're just a little crazy. We, start, we, we waste most of our prayer time with telling God about the problem. I do this now. God, you know the problem. Now I start looking for the promises. Now I start praying, come on, the word of God, the promises of God. I don't get so caught up on the mountain. I start telling the mountain, come on, what God says about it. See, Abram, if we're not careful, this is what we do like Abram. Because the Christian life was never meant to be lived, watch me now, earth to heaven, but from heaven to earth perspective. That we have to make sure that we're not on earth looking up to heaven and saying, God, do you understand what's happening? I don't know. We need to say, God, I want to see through your eyes. I want to see and say, what does heaven have to say about this situation? Well, what happens is, is that all of a sudden now, Abram is in his tent and boom, and God's in the tent with them. And God is having this conversation and letting Abram just talk about his situations. The problem with Abram being in the tent, he has a limited perspective. He can't really see outside of his circumstances. He can't really see outside of his feelings. He really can't see outside of his knowledge. He really can't see outside of all that he's known. He's in a limited place of experience and environment and expectation. And he's telling an all-knowing God what's going on when he's in a limited tent. I love this story because you got to see it the right way. Look at me, Costa Mesa. You got to see it the right way because what it implies is, is that God wasn't outside of the tent, but he got inside of the tent. God is not intimidated by your issues. Come on. God isn't intimidated by my issues. God is not intimidated by the stuff that is challenging me. In fact, I would tell you this, that our God, your God, named Jesus, gets inside. I remember the Lord spoke this to me, and I'm going to say it to you because it just came to me. I didn't say it the first service, but I'm saying it now. Listen to me. Jesus was not intimidated to go into the tomb. He's not intimidated to go into your tent. So good. You missed it. I'll rewind it for you right now because you missed it. Jesus was not intimidated to go into a tomb. Why? Because he knew three days later he was coming out of that tomb. And if he is not intimidated of the tomb, he's not intimidated of your tent of addiction and pain and depression and all the other stuff we are dealing with. I need to preach this right now just for a second because you got to believe that your God will go into the valley. He'll go into the fire. He'll go into that place. He is not intimidated by your tent. You're not intimidated by it. One time I was walking through a tough place with, thank you. Because that's what my wife did when we were walking through this tough place. Oh, I'm good. I'm walking through a tough place, right? And, and if you walk through a tough place, I don't want to name the city because then people come up and say, I'm from that city. I can't believe you said that. I said, do you still live there? No, that's my point. <laughs> so all of a sudden she grabs my arm, like an eight-inch arm. <laughs> like she closes. And I mean, that's, she's like, my arm's turning purple. I could feel her fear. I said, Wendy, don't worry. If something happens, I'll run and get help. 
God made me to run, baby. Run, baby, run. Can I tell you something about God? Some of you are afraid that if you get honest with God, he's going to run away from you, but he runs to you. Some of you are afraid that if you say, God, I'm struggling with this situation. I'm struggling with porn. I'm struggling with this addiction. I'm struggling with this. And you're in your tent wondering if God is going to come in. He is going to come in your tent. He's going to come right in here. And he's going to begin to have a dialogue with you. Because God is not intimidated by your humanity. He comes in. And he has a conversation. Have you ever been there? I've been there. God, I gave up everything. I, I moved to Las Vegas, God. I started a church in my home with 27 people. 25 of them I didn't even know, God. Oh, God, do you know, God? We had to go through this. We've gone through that. Oh, man, God, the people that are raised up, some of them left. And some of them are haters, God. Oh, God. I mean, I don't even know if you ever know that, God. Oh, you had Judas. Okay, let's, let's change the illustration. Oh, God, you know, and this and that. And, Lord, I prayed for a wife all these years, and you gave me one. And look what she's like. Oh, God, help me, Jesus. Says, Lord, I prayed for a husband. Give me a man of God. Give me a man of God. Then you said, God, I don't care. Just give me any man, any man, any man. <laughs> the problem is, if you pray with only the perspective of the tent, you'll miss out on what God really has for you. See, let's just be real right now because you're at Costa Mesa or maybe you're right here in Fullerton or maybe you're online campus and some of us, we're at Vision Sunday and we're hearing, we're hearing vision from a man or a woman that are outside of the tent but we're having trouble comprehending because we're inside one. It's interesting. Nowhere in the text does God rebuke him. What's wrong with you, Abram? I'm going to just give up on you and go somewhere else. God, God could take it. I could take it. He said, no, Abram, <laughs> you got it wrong. God's still in the tent with them. No, the servant's not going to be your heir. You're going to have your own son. It's going to be your heir. No, no, no. See, because God will have a conversation in the tent with you for one sole purpose, not to keep you in it, but to pull you out of it. Because here's what happens. He says, the text says, and then God took Abraham outside. He took him outside. Okay, you're not getting it, but let me retranslate. He took him outside of his ability, outside of his strength. Outside of his knowledge, outside of his perspective, he took him outside. And then he says something crazy, like crazy. He says, Abram, I want you to understand that today is Vision Sunday. It's true. He took him outside and he said this, I want you to look up to the stars and count them if you can. I love it when God's a little facetious. He's a little like, ha, ha, ha. I mean, can, come on, God's kind of playful. It's like, go ahead, bro. You're so smart telling me what to look at. You look at the sky, look at the sky and the stars. Now, you count them. If you can, 
What is God trying to do? Abram, my perspective is so much greater. My perspective is so much bigger. My power is not limited. I am unlimited, and I'm able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all you can ask, think, or even imagine. I want you to look up, Abram. I want you to look up because the stars, you can't count them. By the way, listen to me, Abram. This is going to be your legacy. This is going to be your descendants because when you're in a tent, you're believing for one son. When he brings you out, you're believing for generations. I love it because we don't have pastors that are believing just for addition because the kingdom is never about addition. The kingdom is about multiplication. Come on out. Come on out. Come on out of your tent. You know what Vision Sunday is so about? You, you think it's about buildings. It's not about buildings. You think Vision Sunday is just about more campuses. It's not about campuses. It's not about buildings. It's always and will always be about people. Why do we need more buildings to reach more people? Why do we need resource to reach more people? I went, I went while you were watching that video because I saw it already at 9.30 and so I don't want to see it again. And I, (laughs) just being honest with you, I'm not going to lie in church. I lie outside, but not in church. <laughs> you know what happens when you lie in church? You're a liar. I watch. <laughs> so I'm like, they can't be, you know how pastors are. I'm a pastor. Okay, we're out of room. Yeah, right. So I went over there. I walked in to the room right over here. Oh my God, it's packed. Little girl comes up to me and hugs me. I'm like, whoa. Oh, she's, wow, she has great discernment. I'm a nice guy. <laughs> I talked, and I said this to the, to the people that are serving the kids, because it's not babysitting. It's training the next generation. Yeah. No, listen. Some of you need to go through grow track, and you need to start helping train the next generation. They're, they're out of room there. I went to the other big kids' room. I'm like, my God, they have to run shifts because there's not enough room for the kids. I'm like, they're telling the truth. I went to the restroom. I didn't even have a place to stand in the stall. I'm telling you, listen, we need bigger restrooms. And all the women said, thank you. What's the problem? What's the problem? I think sometimes we push back. Because we decide to live in a tent and have limited perspective when God is trying to draw all of us out to see greater things. Today, I have a question. Who is leading the looking in your life. If you lead the looking, it will lead to a limited perspective. But if you allow God, come on, to lead the looking, he will take you to places and spaces that you may not even know what he's really showing you. History will tell us that Abram Abram and Sarah had one son, and the next generation And by the time you get to the third generation, it's 12. And by the time you look to generations, 
It is like stars. Now, can I just drop something on you that just came to me right now? You know when he was looking up and somebody comes back to the keyboards? As Abram was looking up to the stars, look at me, look at me. When Abram, look at me, if you're bored, it's not because I'm born preachers, because you're a boring person. Look at me, look at me, look, you're bored at home, you're bored in your job, you're bored at your neighborhood, you're just boring, because this is not a boring church, because God is moving right now. Come on, just look, just look. I can't believe he said that. Oh, don't make me say it again. <laughs> I say it to my church all the time, they're like, he's right. <laughs> I see wives, see, I told you you're boring, you know. <laughs> you know what's crazy? If you go to Galatians chapter 2, it's not in my notes. Galatians chapter 2, it says that me and you, we are children of Abraham. So when Abram walked out and, and God said, look up, you were one of those stars. Abraham walked out of his tent seeing Freedom House Church. Abraham walked out of that tent looking up, but God knew he was looking forward to 2020 where there's a group of crazy people that are diverse in every way that say, no, no, we're not just looking to Fullerton. We're not just looking, come on, to Costa Mesa. We're not just looking, come on, to Santa Ana. But we're looking at all of Orange County. And we want to say, God, we're looking up and we're seeing something that is greater. God, we're looking up and we're going to believe, God, that Freedom House is called to reach nations. But it starts with the county. It starts with cities. It starts with the neighborhood. It starts at our jobs and our schools. God, we want to be that generation that looks up. Thanks for joining us today. We pray you were encouraged by this message. Show your support by sharing your favorite podcast on social media and subscribe to our YouTube channel at Freedom House OC today. See you next week.